Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Hey, I got a couple of big shows coming up I want to tell you all about. Uh, starting off uh, this summer, June 22nd, we're celebrating five years of Rock Paper Podcast at the uh, fifth annual birthday show being held at Broadway Oyster Bar. Again, June 22nd, I'll be bringing along Amanda Fish Band, Tony Campanella Band, and Odds Lane. Uh, music will start about 10. It's an $8 cover for that show. Uh, so come on out and join us for some great live music. Um, plenty of cold drinks and all kinds of delicious food from Broadway Oyster Bar. Uh, also coming up Tuesday night on May 14th, I'll be out at Naked Vine for my singer-songwriter storytelling showcase featuring Karen Choi, Billy Krogan, and Tony Compton. That's a uh, 7 o'clock start, $5 at the door. And we do that every second Tuesday of the month. Um, but yeah, uh, let me tell you about my friends over there at Naked Vine. They're always serving up the best wine, whiskey, tequila, and local craft beers. And you can come visit them in Chesterfield, Missouri for some great live local music on uh, Thursday, May 16th. Phil and Carson of the Scandaleros will be up there. On May 17th, Friday night, Cree Rider Band and Gin Strings. And Saturday, May 18th, Find a Drive and Gin Strings. Double dose of Gin Strings this weekend down there, so come on by. Uh, you can find all this information and more on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, nakedvine.net. And uh, also want to let you know about my friends over at Joseph Meyer Club. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, they have this great product. It's an aftershave. It's a fo foaming aftershave that I've been using, and I love it, and I think you will too. Head over to josephmeyerclub.com. Follow them on Facebook also. And uh, when you enter RPPJMC20 at checkout, you can receive an exclusive 20% off of your purchase. And there's always free shipping, so keep that in mind. But again, RPPJMC20 at checkout at josephmeyerclub.com. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. I uh, hope to see you out of some of these shows coming up. And have a great day. Um, the podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to Rock Paper Podcasts. I'm Paul Niehaus here with Walter Griner and Shane Presley. It's our pleasure to be here. It's, uh, this man's a, a fine man. I hope you listen to all this. Surely hoping you listen to the songs. And I uh, sure hope you come and see us live sometime soon, I hope. Thank you. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out today at beautiful recording, uh, Blue Lotus Recording Studio with Walter Griner and Paul Niehaus. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, Shane. I, uh, Thanks for coming. Indeed. I, mean, I messed up that intro a little bit, but uh, right. I got it all out there. there. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds so we good. We do it in music too. We just roll on. Right. Uh, but man, I, I'm glad to be back here. We've done uh, quite a few down here at uh, Blue Lotus, so this is uh, 
This feels like home down here, man. Well, thanks so much. Always a pleasure to have you. Yeah. So, One of the St. Louis label. Yes, sir. Yeah. But this is uh, my first time really getting to meet uh, Walter. I've, se- I've definitely uh, been following you online. I've seen you out a couple of times around town, just bumping into you at uh, shows and stuff. We talked about maybe uh, passing in at Oyster Bar and stuff. And uh, But this is, uh, this is cool where we can actually sit down and talk and get to know more about what you're up to and talk about... Uh, 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 the, the pairing of you two working together and then making these records together and stuff. So Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, well, take me back, Walter. Like I said, this is our first time talking. Uh, one, you know, always uh, always from St. Louis, always grew up around this area. Well, I was, uh, I come up a lot, at, all in Missouri, really, but my mama's family was all from southern Missouri, about Farmington away, most of them. So I spent a lot of my life down there, especially when uh, my father used to get tired of seeing me around. So, and I, uh, during when we weren't going to school when we was children, I spent a lot of my time down in Farmington that way. So I've seen a lot, a lot of Southern Missouri. Okay. I, I like Southern Missouri, but yeah, I come up in St. Louis. And so I was raised playing baseball and just a St. Louis boy. It's, yeah. it's always on the Sandlot ball. So it's always, there you go. Yeah, it. I just went to the game myself today and, uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a great one. We didn't bring home the win, but it was, uh, Either way, it's always exciting when it's baseball season in St. Louis and uh, being around being around the game, and um, even if it's uh, just at the uh, the you know the Sandlot and stuff, it's still uh, it's right. still exciting time of year to, when baseball season is going. So, Americana, yeah. yeah well, I sure. grew I grew up in baseball. I grew up around the train tracks, which you'll tell you is runs right out back in my house. I grew up by the Mississippi River, which is less than probably a half a mile from my house, and I grew up playing baseball. And of course, you know I grew up loving music. Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, so, uh, I know you uh, obviously you did some live stuff here with us today, also, and you played some guitar. Uh, so, when did you uh, find music as a, as a kid? Like, and was it always and it was always a guitar, or did you play some other instruments along the way too? Well, I, I, my first instrument I ever played was a little cheap harmonica. I used to play when I was a real young boy. When I was, and it's a strange story. It's the real story with me. Is I used to. Walk down railroad tracks playing harmonica. All right. That's it. This is a true story. Just a, you know, some kid with some cheap old harmonica in, in his mouth just walking down railroad tracks playing harmonica. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, like, <clears throat> my mind goes to that uh, Stand By Me, you know, where they, they, they're they walking that railroad uh-huh. track the whole time. To, oh, yeah. That's how I, that's how yeah. I just imagine, like, your, your group of buddies and stuff hanging out on the railroad tracks. And so, yeah. Uh, Classic uh, film there for sure. Classic Americana. Yep. Yeah, we used to hop on railroad trains when we was children. You know, it's we did that for fun. Yeah, we used to go ride them trains. I mean, so you had to be real careful. A lot of kids got bad hurt and stuff. But yeah, we used to ride them trains and really enjoy it too. It's it's just a, a rush. It's just a thrill. It's just yeah, I mean, now that you're old, you can't do it no more. Of course, but you know, when we was kids, man, hopping on a train and riding down a mile or so down the railroad tracks. Mm-mm. That was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Yeah. yeah. So, what kind of stuff are you playing on the harmonica? Are you just kind of making up stuff, or are you? Well, uh... I've always played my own music. They always said I was a bit off. In fact, the guys that grew up with me said he never was right. Is that's, that's what they tell me? I say, well, when I always look at him, I say, well, you tell me what this right is. And but they never they never got an answer for that. So yeah, it's, I say, all right, I understand. So I basically got my own rhythms. Paul will tell you I never play the same song twice the same way, even even if I play it back to back. Indeed, I never do. It's just the way I play. It's who sure. I am. Yeah. Well, and, and I also feel like that's part of the beauty of live music, anyway. You know, it's like 
you know, if you want to listen to it the same way twice, there's you can buy the record. And you buy can the, listen. That's right. Buy the record. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yep. but other than that, like I love the the fact that it's a live take. You're going to hear you're going to hear it different every time, and that's right. And that's exactly. why people keep coming back to shows. You know, you want to if it's the same thing every time, you get you can get a little stale. So, yeah. sell them the truth. Yep. Sell them the truth. Yeah. Uh. So. So you're always, uh, even as a young boy, you start writing your own music then, and I start writing. I start writing words and poetry back about been over fifty years ago now. Okay. I start writing actual songs close to fifty years ago, so it's been a long doggone time. You know what I mean, long. And, yeah. and then were you were you doing anything with it? I mean, were you playing out or were you? Well, uh, I, I played. With, I played with a lot of bands in the past. I used to play. Uh, most definitely rock and roll back in the day. You know, I played with a band called Blind Justice. We were the original Blind Justice out of St. Louis. And we, was, we was just one of them uh, striving, hardcore, rock and roll, garage St. Louis bands. And were we good? Some days we were. <laughs> I'm sure some days we weren't, too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so were you, did you guys... Uh, I don't know for sure, but was it when the first time you and Paul got together and made a record? Was that your first record, or did, were you? Uh... Well, it depends on what would you consider a first record now, because I've been on and off recording myself for a long, 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 long time. Right. As far as being a professional record, you might have to say yes. But then he he knows of the House of Sparrows too. That I used to work yeah. with with David yeah. Fleshman, who was an old bass playing friend of mine, who's no longer with us, right. a South St. Louis boy. Um, and the House of Sparrows was a was it was a notable project, and we took us years to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right on. Well, let's talk about how the, how you two came to be and how uh, where this uh, friendship started and everything. Uh, so, where where do you uh, where you two cross paths? Well, let, we'll let him start with this sure. one. At Off Broadway, um, I was playing with Roland Johnson and opened for Pokey Lafarge uh, around New Year's. Uh, about a year and a half ago and uh, he was in the audience and we just chatted and um, then got in touch on the internet after that and he sent me some songs through the web and we threw out the idea of doing some recording and yeah 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 well he was just being nice really just seeing an old man he might have halfway liked and he said well i'll bring him down to my studio for you know <laughs> couple hours yeah, and we'll, right. well yeah. i know i can read, read people pretty well you know and he said well We'll just see if he's got anything there, and we'll just yeah, you know? yeah. Well, one way I, to find out. Yeah. Well, I knew he, I could see when he was with uh, I like Pokey LaForge quite a bit, as a matter of fact. Yeah, man. But to me, I thought that Roland Johnson should be the headliner of that show because Roland Johnson just got massive, massive, and I could tell the kid was running the stage. I looked at him, said, "Hmm, playing great, you know, great music." You could tell he was in control of that particular stage. I said, hmm, so talking to him was my pleasure, you know what I mean? And a man that writes songs always wants to talk to so when I find out he's got a studio, I mean, come on. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, come yeah. on. You know? Walter goes to shows all the time and yeah. loves to talk to the bands. He's just a music head, so he's yeah. always in the front row dancing along. Yeah. That's it. I'm, sh- I'm sure we ran into each other at a bunch of shows before we even know- were oh, yeah. familiar with who each other were, but because, uh, I, I mean, I, I frequent off-Broadway quite a bit myself, so uh, there's always great shows over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that man's a good man. Yeah. 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 Well, you uh, well, there must have been something there because you guys have already done three records now together. That's right. The third one third, comes out. There's one uh, on the way later this month, in May seventeenth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which so I mean, and it's not like they're like 
EPs. I mean, if, uh, no, like 14, no, what, 14 no. tracks on this? or This one has 15, 15? yeah. They're and all then, in like the 12 And that's not the area. biggest one. Right. That's, the second one was the biggest one. Oh, okay. Yeah. The second one was 70 minutes. Okay, there you go. Um, 70 minutes. That was, what, 17, 18 songs maybe on the second one. Or yeah. So, or something. And it's worth noting these are field recordings, so right. these aren't mm-hmm. done here at the studio. We went out on the road and did these. Mm-hmm. So Sure. Um, the old, first one is, is volume one is live from the St. Francis Mountains, mm-hmm. our our friend Joe Boris has a cabin down there and invited thanks, thanks us. To, thanks to and Joe. It was a blast. Thank you to him. And mm-hmm. uh, that was on Walter's uh, birthday last a year ago this month. And, my sixty um, fifth birthday was yep. recorded the first. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but, so there's a lot of videos out from that on YouTube, and uh, the record is out. And yeah. then the the second and third one we did in the same um, trip. It was about a week long trip. We went to Butte, Montana, where I one. go about once a year, and. Um, they have a film festival up there called the Covalite Film Festival, so that was our reason for going up there, and well, it's just a, a wonderful city to hang out in. So all the people it was, there, oh, just Duke. a true pleasure. Yeah, Brian, Montana, Begum- Brian, Brian McGregory, Brian yep, yep, top notch. People, yep, people. So, so uh, volume two was is called Virgin on the Mountain. Beautiful. And uh, tell them that story. Yeah. Tell them if this story here is worthwhile. This yeah, is a yeah. worthwhile story. Well, in Butte, Montana, there's a seventy foot tall statue of the Virgin Mary. And uh, it's lit up at night, right up on the mountainside, and so right outside the window of the the old, you know old like hundred plus year old building we're staying in, up on the second floor <laughs> above the bar, um, there's an old bo- uh, miner's boarding house. Um, right out the window is the is Mary, and so we 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 noticed the Mary on just various artworks around our trip. Everywhere. So it just yeah. seemed significant. And we wrote a song called Virgin on the Mountain, but it isn't on the record. But that record, we, we recorded there in that very room. Um, there's a lot of Definitely. videos of it on YouTube as well. Yeah. And uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the stories I like the best of that whole thing was uh, there's a bull fiddle, a bass fiddle sitting there. That he, oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great story there. And they had, a, I guess, the Virgin of Guadalupe. Yeah. Where it was laying on the floor. And I'm thinking in my mind, you know, I respect the Virgin Mary completely. I'm saying, what's the Virgin doing laying there on the floor? I said, let's pick her up and put her on the wall. Yeah. My mind tells me. That's true. I'll be dogging a true story. And we picked her up and put her where the walls met. They're going looking looking out into the street. And I'll be doggone if she didn't take in the light of the room and just start shining. And this is a true story. Am I am I lying? No. She started shining. And boy, that's in how that is how recording got named because that that girl shined so you could actually see on the youtube video some of them are before we put that picture up in the back of the picture that some are after so it's yeah you can actually see that in there and the album cover is him standing in front of that picture in the corner yeah it's a not only a hell of a story but it's a true story right well is there uh Obviously, you guys doing this these a little bit of field recording, like you're saying. Is there something uh, to that for you guys? Like kind of the the magic of that particular room. Uh, I mean, I've 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 heard different stories over the years. You know, like Sun Records and all these different you know stories about the, folk tradition. Yeah, the folk tradition. Yeah. But there's like you know, uh-huh. there's, people claim that there's something about that particular room that makes you know makes the, the sound kind of come to life and everything else and. Sure, there can, there definitely can be something to that. You know, it's right. also the just the consciousness that you enter into the experience with. Right. You know, because both of these rooms, all three of them, no one had ever oh, recorded in yeah. there. So it's not like yeah. it was a music thing that's there necessarily, but there is history there and right. Very much a lot history. of feeling and soul. You know, so Silver Dollar Saloon. Yeah, the, the Silver Dollar Saloon in Butte, Montana. Yeah, Ooh, that, that's, hey. yeah. Ooh. fantastic place. Ooh, and I, the story yeah. of how big voodoo, uh, yeah, big musical voodoo. That goes Bryant back to Montgomery. Uh, 
big, big musical voodoo. I first went there in 2010 while on tour with Rock and Jake, the blues harmonica player, and uh, just thought it was a really hit place, Butte, Montana, and Brian and the place. So stayed in touch through Facebook, and then years later, I've now I've been back uh, multiple times and planning to go back again this July. Recommend it. People yeah. know about this man's saloon all over America. It's fantastic. Yeah. Maybe all over the world because it's actually, yeah, it's it's just a wonderful thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's get into uh, the the latest one, the new one yeah. that's going to be coming out again. Uh, May seventeenth is the uh, big release date, and this is uh, titled "Rosemary's Cabin, mm-hmm. Volume 3. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so more stories. Yeah. Let's, yeah tell me about uh, Rosemary's Cabin. Where? Uh, well, Rosemary. Uh, George is a George. Uh, George Melvin. George Melvin. What a hell of a man, boy! Spruce wood cabins in Colorado, man. Yep. Woo, was he a good man? Uh, Rosemary stayed in that cabin for years and years and years. Of course, she'd been long gone now. But, I mean, George said she lived so primitive it was just amazing, but she just loved that cabin. Yeah, that, That's yeah. what the whole plaque and everything came This is Rosemary's cabin. She lived there only God knows how long. A long time. And it was just it. the vibe was good. Yeah, I mean, it was just the yeah. right place to be. It's, it really was. Sprucewood is... Uh, near Sedalia, Missouri, which is, you know, it's maybe uh, within 45 minutes to an hour of Denver. Colorado. But it's up in the mountains. It's in the Pike National Forest. It's just very remote, you know, no cell phone service or anything. But uh, it's just gorgeous. Similar story uh, with uh, Rock and Jake. I was first in Sprucewood with Rock and Jake in the same year and stayed in touch with George Melvin and years later came, came back and going back again this July. And George Melvin's another legendary guy. Oh, just uh, a fantastic bike man. rider. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, just military leg- service, outdoor man. I mean, just it's owner pr- of the bar there in Sprucewood. He's a he's a fine man. I know. I would like to just go back there and have a beer at that bar, which yes. I didn't do the last time. But <laughs> true. I want to live long enough to go back there again because that's um something that I like to do. Really, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. So we recorded volume three there in rosemary's cabin and the the, the album cover of volume three is the the plaque on the side of the cabin That's it. and um there are a couple videos up up on youtube from there and there will be more so this that record uh, i actually played guitar with mm-hmm. walter so it's most of the cuts are both of us live on two guitars and him singing so. right yeah. but other, other than that like uh it's it definitely obviously very uh minimalist you know it's just that's yes. just you two, and then it's yeah. live, and it's like so. What you hear is what you get. Right. It's yeah. the folk tradition. Yeah, yeah. So everything's about the folk tradition and the, the yeah. oral tradition of word and song. Right. That's, yep. what, that's what the whole thing is. That's the package. What I call the package. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we have volume four uh, in our minds as a plan to go to another. It's a mountain series, so we'll go, sure. we'll go rent go a cabin to, somewhere else. Want to go Tennessee? Is where I want to go next. Want to go to the Blue Ridge yep. Mountains? That's where I want to go now. That'd be if nice. you're an American boy and you're singing American songs, which is what we are doing, then you damn well for sure better go to the Blue Ridge Mountains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to be. I mean, you. you I, I wouldn't think it'd take you very long to have another record ready to go because, like. Yeah. You already in a in a year. You, this is what like forty five, fifty songs. Uh, yeah. we've got recorded out here. We did yeah. uh, all the songs were mine, but one we yeah. did uh, That's right. one Woody Guthrie song. Which all right, yep. Um, and that guy has done some things. He's, <laughs> right. So. Well, I could do a whole recording of Woody Guthrie alone. <laughs> sure but, could. I mean, and really not complain, not cuss, not spit, not nothing. Yeah. Just do it. And be be thankful too. Well, let's uh, let's give him a little sneak peek at this uh, record. Uh, we'll drop in a track titled "Whiskey Train." 
and uh, that Guinness will be available soon on May 17th. And uh, But uh, any, anything you guys want to share around uh, whiskey train in this recording? Well, in my life, I, of course, I drank a lot of whiskey at one time in my life, and I've done other things I won't go into right now. But I found out that when you hit the bottom, you break up quite a bit. And the only way you live your life again like a common man and a good man in one piece is get yourself back off the ground. Do the best you can and live. Whiskey train back home. I'm the bottle feeling all alone. Too much moss on the stone. I'm a long way from home. Old tone jacket without a thread. Thought I'd be better off dead. To the bottle I've been with Used to brown it for my bed When you're a stranger to yourself You got no money, you got no help You just kick the can in your own peculiar hell when your best friend has gone home You learn the meaning of alone Into the water cast a stone Of this desire It's just the life of a rolling stone Where no pasture is a home as the stone rolls off alone At night I moan Oh, what have I done to me That damn old whiskey won't let me be Unto the branch of the tree Without the fee when you're a stranger to yourself You got no money, you got no help You just kick the can in your own peculiar hell When your best friend has gone home You learn the meaning of alone into the water cast a stone of this desire It's up the bottle was gone Sparrow out my window with her song I knew it would not be long 
till I went back home It's just the life of a rolling stone I know there's no direction home Follow the path that hurts the least On them tired old seas Oh, when the dirt between your toes Is turned to mud When you're a stranger to yourself You got no money, you got no help Oh, you just kick the can in your own peculiar hell when your best friend has gone home You learn the meaning of the home Into the water cast the stone Of this desire Into the water cast the stone Of this desire Yeah, man, for sure. That uh, <clears throat> well, you also uh, were we were doing physical copies uh, yeah. of the record, and you can pick that up uh, on uh, May nineteenth. We have a big show coming up. We want to tell you about, and that is uh, what we're calling this the Great St. Louis Folk Scare. The Great St. Louis Folk Scare. That's right. Uh, this is a free show. Free um, at Off Broadway, mm-hmm. May nineteenth, and uh, along with Walter and Paul. You'll have Adam Gaffney. Yes, sir. And uh, Lacey Williams and uh, Scott of uh, Prairie, Prairie Rehab. Rehab. Yeah, That's right. There we go. Mm-hmm. And uh, a Bob. Bob Kamoski. Bob Kamoski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That's going to be a really a lot of fun. That's a that's a great bill for sure. Yep, we're very excited about it. It'll be pretty minimalistic in the music, no more than duos at a time, and we'll have a jam at the end and sing some sort of sing along song, folky song, and it's free. And yeah, we hope people come enjoy it. Yeah, yeah we're gonna have great. The songs I've fun written kind of complaining at me right now because I've been playing a lot of Woody Guthrie material the past two three weeks, getting ready for this show. So. Um, I might be doing a lot of Guthrie material for this particular show. Okay. Yes. As he, I guess he was a big influence on you? Woody Guthrie is one of the best Americans who ever lived. Right. And he spoke for the common person. He worked his whole life. All the, the hobo tradition now, hobos weren't bums. These days we see bums. Back in the old days, hobos were working men. They weren't bums. They might have traveled the roads. But when they got their food and that little bit of change they took in, they worked for it. They weren't about being bums. So if you think hobo, don't think bums. Think American tradition. Yeah. That uh, uh, that's something that's uh, that's good. Uh, I met hobos. I bet I met hobos back. I used to. I was a, a runaway when I was a child back in the late sixties, and I went out to the California way because that's where things were going on back then. And I met back in the day real hobos. Not uh, the cinema aspects, but actually real hobos. Yeah. I'll tell you one quick story so I don't bore you too much. Is a, I met a hobo in Arizona one time. He said, boy, you got any money for me? I said, mister, I'm completely broke. 
hobo went into his pocket and gave me the only three cents he had. And he said, here, boy, I have no need of this. Why don't you take this from me? There you go. Wow. True story. Yeah. Wow. True story. God bless. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's pretty big when you, all you got, that's all you got. And then you're going to give to somebody else. That's huge. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something indeed. You, uh, well, we are, uh, let's drop in another one. We are getting, uh, Real close to Mother's Day at the time of this recording, and uh, it's one of my favorites from the record, and it happens to be very appropriate for the uh, for the time, obviously. So uh, let's talk about Mama. This is uh, again, uh, this is a live take we did here at uh, Blue Lotus, but uh, appears on the album as well. That's right. Anything you guys want to share around Mama? Well, I remember my mother. When I was saying the song today. I, I remember the time my mother. She had a playful. You know, she's a hard worker woman. You know, she's from Southern Missouri. And I remember the time I, I was. I was. It just came to my mind as I was singing. Is the time she hid under the bed. And it must have been a Sunday or something. I had to go before I had to go to school the next day. And I was walking through the room, and she just jumps up from under the bed where she's hiding, and scared the shit out of me. And, uh, that's a true story. And she was just laughing her ass off. It was just something. It was it was real nice. So, Tell so, the story of the dictionary. Oh, the dictionary. Yeah. Well, well. See, uh, me and my father, we were both hellions. And uh, I went to the old Crandallette School in South St. Louis. When we're still there, we're still the building is. And this woman hated my father as teacher. And she looked at me, and I was a spitting image of my father. She hated me the first time she seen me. True story. And she didn't pass me. She went to hold me through, you know, hold me back. You know what I mean? And my mother got mad. You know what I mean? She went there and tore that woman up. But then she realized that maybe the woman was maybe half right, that I wasn't studying good enough. So there must have been the third grade or something. Something about there. She bought me a collegiate dictionary. And uh, every night we'd be studying a few words out of that dictionary. And before I could go to bed, we, uh, would discuss the word, what was pronounced, how it was spelled, what it meant, how it could be used. You know what I mean, little things like that. And of course, uh, I got to the next grade because after my mama took a big old bite out of that woman's, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, things worked out real well, and just uh, this thing about words that kind of stuck deep inside of me. Uh, I can't tell you no more really than that. My mama was good. My mama worked in a hard-working jobs in the factories worked in the old the old presses and she was actually a, a member of the unions a long time ago she was a woman that was uh, ahead of her time she's bullheaded but hard loving and she had a fun spirit about it too she's something that's what i think mama comes from is from her yeah yeah Mama, I know I should listen closer. 
Hard. Oh, I've heard it said You work so hard just to oh, end up dead Oh, but in dying, life becomes born I'm sure, uh, especially at a young age, reading the dictionary like that, and <laughs> I'm sure that helped uh, create a uh, vast vocabulary for uh, for writing all these songs and stuff. I it, mean, it's all in my head, so it's right? like it's it's. I still got I got I probably got a dozen dictionaries in my house right now, including that dictionary which I keep and is precious to me. Of course, I still have the same one. Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. I have the I have the Bible that when we see we was raised Southern Baptist. I'm not saying nothing about no religion. I was that we was raised that way. And when we was raised, I still got that Bible with me and my mama went to church with. Yeah. Yeah. Got to got to keep them things because it's them precious. Right. Yeah. Precious. Definitely. That uh, uh, 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, some heavy stuff, though, to think about sometimes, you know, like, because that, you know, sometimes, like, I mean, you know, that they're here, or that that Bible's still here, but, you know, they're gone, and everything else, you have those little moments, those things to hold on to that memory and things, and and, uh, and keep uh, celebrating those people that are, you know, that passed and stuff, so. Yeah, that's, yep. that's right, you gotta give praise, man, yep. praise is everything. Right. Praise is everything. We ever, we ever record praise? I'm sure we did. Yeah, we praise is a good song. If you ever, ever find that song, praise, listen to it. It's, it's a wonderful song. Yeah. It really is. Well, very cool. We uh, we did do some, uh, like I said, we did some live uh, jamming and we recorded some videos. Uh, along with all the other videos Paul mentioned on YouTube, you can follow yeah. uh, the Rock Paper Podcast channel and, and check out these videos live from uh, Inside Blue Lotus here. So Yes, sir. Um, but along with all that, you can follow Walter on Facebook and Instagram and uh yeah get involved socially uh come see me play i mean two of us when, I'm, when yeah. i can when i can bribe the time out of him to get to play with me two of us sound good together yeah and good you guys play out quite a bit i'm uh whenever we can god yeah, bless i mean I've, I've seen i know i've seen you guys on the calendar at uh naked vine and and venice cafe yeah and, uh, yeah two good places two yeah. definitely nice places nice places to play love them both love them both right artsy places that's the artsy places are the best because they care about the music when you guys were talking about recording these out, obviously you know Butte and all this stuff, and uh, do you guys are you guys getting out there and playing shows, or are you mainly just going there to take care of business and record this record? Or we played in Butte, yeah. we did mm-hmm. at the film festival, right, uh, a few times, and at at uh, the Silver Dollar, mm-hmm. and uh, but we, did. we didn't pl- we didn't well we you know we did a, a private show for George and Leo, two yeah. guys uh, a outside deck show. A deck show. on a deck, yeah, yeah we just uh, two acoustic guitars and sang and. We did that in Sprucewood, so nice. we were we were gonna play in the bar, but uh, I got sick. He what? got sick from the elevation, you know, and uh, whatever it was, that's it was a common woo, thing. Woo, if you woo, haven't woo, been, you woo, know, woo. a mile high, and then you're, oh, you know, you drive hey, there in one day, mile high, maybe you don't drink enough water, low. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be feeling. So we weren't able to do that, but yeah, that's right. I'd like to go back there and play for all those people again. Yeah. If I, I'd really like to do that. That's just, yeah, that's well, that was what I was getting to. I was gonna ask yeah. if, like, you know, touring and playing around, uh, you know, now that we have. A lot of these CDs to sell and everything else have this material out there, like getting this continue to spread the fan base out. Would love the offer if if someone would would like to offer. I'm I'm more than happy myself to yeah the the tour, really the world. If if somebody wants to give me the offer to play the rest of my life, I tell you what, the answer is yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. he'd do it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, I mean that that's a I think that's the dream. No matter how old you get and stuff is like if you can get paid to play music all the rest of your life, that's uh, that's a pretty good deal for sure. Hit the lottery. Well, that's what you want to do. I mean, it's like it, it's ain't the kind of thing you look to get rich on because you ain't going to be getting rich on playing no music now. So if you want to get rich, better to keep on putting your makeup on. <laughs> you know I, mean? I mean, I mean, look in the mirror real close because you, know, you probably ain't going to be getting no rich on no music. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I tell the kid, I tell him, you know, I'm just about as pretty as I'm about as pretty as some mud on an old dirt road out back somewhere. Cause <laughs> I ain't pretty. I don't want to be pretty. I don't need to be. <laughs> I hate that something. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I don't know. It's like we're definitely in that era, you know, of the pop stars and all these, you know, these these very attractive people that are in the phrase. But like, obviously, uh, a lot of my favorites, or a lot of the songwriters and stuff, they. It wasn't about their looks. No. They didn't know. You know, it was about it. it was about the truth. You know, like you're saying, it's yeah. about the content of the music. Yeah, three chords and the truth. That's right. what they tell you. Yeah. Three chords and the truth. Yeah. Right. Tom Petty was not, a, you know, a super handsome man. Right. Or, you know, but he 
but he was very successful because he played great songs. Yeah, it took him a while now. He didn't just get successful. Right. I, I lived in Gainesville, Florida now yeah. for about six months at one time, and he was revered in Gainesville, Florida. You know, Tom Petty, to this day, even back then, and that was over 30-some years ago when I lived in Gainesville. Right. And he was revered even back then. So Yeah, I don't mean to speak ill of Tom Petty. Oh, no, I know you're not. I know. I know. It's just just, the the Great Southern Music Hall in Gainesville, Florida was, yeah, legendary stuff. Right on. Legendary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's uh, one of the best. I got to see him... uh, Probably ten years ago or something out of Riverport, and it was a good show. Wow. I think I, I saw. It. I think I might have saw it. I think it was like uh, Black Crows or somebody opened up, and and uh, I was a little disappointed in the Black Crows set because they didn't really like play any any hits that, that I wanted to hear, which is something that's fun. I mean, obviously when you got a large catalog, play some of the deep stuff, and but you know I was like they hadn't really done a whole lot at, at that time, and like I was hoping to you know hear. You know something, uh, remedy or hard to handle, talk to angels or what? You know something oh, that yeah. you know that recognized and things. Right. And, but uh, they come so, off sounding like the Rolling Stones, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, Basically, yeah. yeah. It was a bad. It was a. They, it was a good band for sure. It, it was a good band. But then Tom Petty came out and just oh, yeah. like all hits all night long, and it, and then like I did find it funny, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a shame that it's uh, it kind of comes to that, but. He uh, there was a part in the middle of the show where he's like, "All right, we're gonna play a couple of new ones," and then like you can watch like everybody get up and go to the bar or you oh, know, go to right. the bathroom and stuff, and <laughs> and then come back and just finish strong with all the hits and stuff. Wow, but, yeah. but, it's good to do both. Yeah, right. I mean, but that's you know he's definitely got to do the new stuff. But Every, like, everything every, man wrote was a hit, so yeah. you know it's like right. everything he wrote was a hit. So sure. it's all great. Right. So, yeah. what, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's just uh, it's just funny. Nobody really wants to hear the new stuff. They want to. They want the stuff they know, but right, there's, there's something to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's something. You know, you know yeah. people, you you want to be familiar to people, right? But, yeah, familiarity. But, yeah, but you have to whatever sound you got inside of you, you got to bring forth because if if you're not truthful to yourself, then you're not truthful to anybody else either, especially the people you're trying to get to listen to your music. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, let's let's give them another one to listen to. This is. Uh, Another one I really liked uh, called Four in the Morning Blues. Ain't that something? Nice. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about this track, guys. Anything you want to add to that one? Well, he he, he went simple material. And I saw I was playing around in the kitchen. I write both, most of my stuff in the kitchen. And so I just wrote a minor blues song. I just, you know, and I just figured, how do you start a blues song? But it's four in the morning and the blues, they won't let me alone. Yeah. How else do you start a blues song? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's blues right there, man. I, I'm lost in my own house. I'm trapped by a heart of stone. I mean, it's, it's blues. Yeah. The minor blues song. Yeah. 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 Busted in the pieces by a love gone hard and 
about uh future projects would you guys uh want to do uh something a little more with a you know like a full band or is it always going to be uh just two guitars or a bass and you know pretty minimalist who knows it's like i say i'm happy with what we do because i just you know our sound now is bare bones right there ain't a bunch of leads there ain't a bunch of solos there ain't no take this other solo again there ain't no none of that it's just pure song, it's pure melody, pure wording, it's pure, it's pure Americana, man. Right. It's just pure Americana, it ain't no, let's go crazy here, and I'll, you take it in the next one, right? It ain't none of that, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's, it ain't none of that, it's just it's just a song, and so the song's sure. got to be good, and strong, and it's got to mean something, and you just go and, go and get them, you know what I mean? Give people the truth. People right. know what the truth is. You don't hide the truth from people. You just cannot do it. You know, but we want to say, you know, this man's written hundreds of songs right. and he is totally open to any bands or artists uh, taking them always. and doing their own always. version of it. That's uh, what I'm just, I'm trying to feed him he that. Was, he he wants want it actively. I want that, yeah. So anyone, check out his songs. You know, if you, uh, if, you, if you just look at his, you know, write down the words and just look at them on paper, they're really good. Yeah. So do your own version of them, you know. Yeah, uh, please. We're open that. to it. Have yeah. you guys uh, tried doing any of that pitching to Nashville or anything like that or that kind of... Uh, into yeah. the extent that it's on the web, right. yeah, that's, 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 a big, that's a big market. So, yeah. I mean, you not, know, it's yeah, it's. 
I'm I trying wish. To, e- easier said than done. Sure, yeah, probably. easier said than oh, done. Because yeah. I mean, look how many people moved moved to Nashville. Oh, yeah. Just I mean, I mean it's just thousands like, trying to do it every day. So every yeah. day, I mean, people playing for free there constantly, and I mean, lined up to play for free. You know? I mean, it's just, you know I mean, I understand it. Yeah, you know I mean, but I'd really be here in St. Louis myself because yeah. I like it here. I mean, I don't see nothing wrong with St. Louis. You know I mean. What, how, what am I going to do, move to Nashville to take St. Louis with me? Yeah. I'm already in St. Louis. Well, why am I going to the place? <laughs> it's a nice town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. I'm, a, I'm, yeah, I'm a firm believer. Like, I mean, if, you, if you're going to make it, uh, you, you can make it from anywhere. I mean, especially with yep. today with the internet. I yes. mean, like, uh, so there's a, uh, but why, why move, you know, where why? you're, uh, uh, you know, uh, in a big old pond when you can be uh you know you can be in a smaller city and be a star of that city and stuff and yeah until until the time comes where you had to be there for that right, yes, if that ever happens that's right right like i said let the song be the star yeah let the song be the star you don't need to be no star right if you want to write a good song let the song be the star yeah. if you're putting pretty lipstick on something put it on the song yeah let the song stand out front to the people i uh i saw a good um meme online the other day where like there's this guy like skipping a bunch of steps and it was like one of them was about like uh you know having good songs and that's like the biggest thing is like people people just jump uh to you know to the try to get to the just being successful but they forget about all the other you know decent recordings and good songs and all this stuff like that yeah. like you know all, people would overlook a lot of that stuff and it's like they try to try to just be an overnight success kind of thing and, sounds like whiskey right. train unless you've literally been beaten and lived in uh, self-abusive life, I guess is really what I'm saying. Unless you've experienced this, and you, if, if you've experienced this in your whole life, you stand a chance of maybe writing a song. But these people trying to write songs of things they've never experienced before, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, you can you look at the mirror and the image you see is not what you desire. Only the truth, the three chords and the truth, that's the proof of American music. That's what we strive for. Yep. You uh, do you have any uh, any tips or advice? Uh, I mean, over the years of uh, writing all these hundreds of songs and stuff, is there anything like you can pass on to uh, younger artists uh, looking to get better at songwriting and stuff? Well, there's a few things I I tell anybody. I said one is keep the faith, have faith in yourself, keep a community of support around you, and take care of the people around you. Don't just use them; take care of them. Stay off of hard liquor and hard drugs because they'll kill you. Go deep inside yourself and dig inside yourself and pull what's inside of you, what's truthfully you, and bring that out and write them songs about what you know and what you feel and what you've experienced. Write what you know and be kind to others and don't destroy yourself because when once you start playing live music, it's easy to get a lot of offers for a lot of different things now, which we won't go into. But it's good to know what you can and can't do and it's really good to be able to say no when you know you're going to hurt somebody or perhaps even yourself. Yeah, definitely, man. I think uh, <clears throat> I think that's definitely the the key to it. Right, right. What you know, like to me, to me, people try to try to skip that too. You know, it's like it's just because like if you don't believe it, then why, how are we going to believe it? You know, it's like that's. I feel like uh, like I said, exactly what you're saying. Just it's the truth. You know, speak the truth, and everybody else is going to see right see it and. So, I like yeah. the song Whiskey says, uh, Whiskey Train says, yeah. uh, riding the whiskey train back home, hiding the bottle, feeling all alone. Right. 
Yep. Yep. There's, there's a lot of truth to that for sure. Mm-hmm. You uh, do you do you write? Uh, do you find yourself writing more um, from personal experiences, or do you write? Uh, do you do you t- like to make up more stories to to go along with the songs and stuff? The great songs write themselves. Yeah, they really do. It's uh, we got to lay claim to things because that's just where our society is and the way the world works. But the great songs, you have to practice all the time. Of course, practices you have to practice constantly. But the great songs, they come to you. They come to you in the quiet moments, I find, mostly. Like sometimes I find some of the best songs I've ever written in 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, you're getting up, just walking around your house, you can't go back to sleep, and all of a sudden just something slams you. And you just sit down and start writing. And next thing you know, by the time the morning rolls around, the sun comes up, you done wrote a real good song. You're saying, hmm, ain't that something? Yeah. Do you keep a notepad by the bed, or how do you? What's your? Uh... I have, I have. He'll tell you that over my house there's just stacks of pads of papers, and I mean, it's pitiful. Like I say, somebody shot the maid, but it wasn't me. I'd never shoot the maid because it's obvious somebody did shoot her over my house. But you know, it's so <laughs> it's true. There's stuff just stacked He's up. Got, there's, yeah, writings and musings written every, everywhere. Everywhere, yes. yeah. Stacked up everywhere in stacks and piles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And music posters and art just yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It's, uh, everywhere. Art. Yeah. yeah, I've got a whole like bedroom dedicated to like just it's not uh displayed yet, but I've been just been collecting and then hopefully uh someday I have a nice basement like yourself here and uh be able to decorate it all up uh, properly and nice. Um so that's my goal. But uh, right now I've just been in the collecting for the last uh fifteen years and <laughs> like just uh gathering posters and, that's right floor uh, charts i love floor charts yeah. are my favorites get them floor charts right from the performer yeah that's what i like the there best like the stage set list you know right. that's yeah. what i like the best that's that's like <clears throat> i got a lot of signed vinyl and uh uh drum heads and stuff like that nice like stuff. all kinds of you know different memorabilia and it's uh it's fun to have those things for sure so uh we uh, again, we got the big show on uh, May nineteenth at Off Broadway nice. in St. Louis, Missouri. Indeed. Uh, again, you can uh, see these two guys live. The great St. Louis folk scare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, what was uh, you were telling me the story kind of about uh, there was the folk scare uh, story. Oh, now that's an old joke, is what it was. Oh, okay, back joke. Well, what I personally always said is they're always afraid of folk music because it told the truth. So a lot of people were always been afraid of the truth because there's no money in the truth in fact if too many people start living the truth then a lot of what we know about society today probably won't exist any longer you know I me mean? so uh it was just a really old joke about uh okay. about the sixes it's called the great you know the folk scare is what it sure. was you know, it's just, and they were because they were you know they were, they were afraid of pete Seeger and guys like this they was real afraid of them and there was years i'll tell you the truth that even pete Seeger said himself that he was he recorded a lot of things as fast as he could because he was afraid they were going to kill him because the weavers they were on the list yeah you know i mean they were they were they said they were communists that's what they said the weavers were and these people were subversives people like pete Seeger say yeah yeah i mean and pete actually said himself that he was afraid that they were going to kill him well uh we're not uh too far off from that today <laughs> we well, uh, well, I, I, I was uh, I went to see Will Hogue at Off Broadway, uh-huh. and he had put out that video, um, 
and it was like kind of uh, making making fun of Trump and stuff mm-hmm. in the video. And there was uh, some obviously he writes a lot of political themed uh, songs, and and he uh, but he was getting a lot of death threats. And they wow. uh, you know I've been to hundreds of shows at Off Broadway, and that was the only time I had to go through a metal detector to get into that show. Holy cow! So he wow. was uh, he wanted to make sure he was uh, safe uh, for the show, but you know. If, if America can't live by the truth. Right. Yeah, I mean, we all need money, each and every one of us, including me. But you got to work hard for your money. You don't want free money. You don't want to take money from people. You don't want to lie to people to get money. You want to be truthful. You want to live a real life and be a real American. You want to be someone that make this country great again. Because that's what we need. We need to be great again. Yeah. Right now, we're in the pits. And it's a doggone shame for all of us because I know we're all hurting bad. Yeah, man. You, uh, let's close this out with one more live jam. And this is, uh, uh, which, uh, I'm, I'm proud to say is a rock paper podcast exclusive. It is indeed. Uh, unavailable anywhere, anywhere else, but right here right. on this show. And this is a song called Missouri farm. Missouri farm. That's right. And features- how old is this song? Would you say? This song here is maybe a year plus old. It's a new is that song. All? Okay, it's it's a young song. At yeah. the most, it's a year. It's an it's go. just a song that introduced itself to me because we were talking about you know roots and where I was from and about this and that and I just I just figured. But well, I mean, you listen to the song yourself and tell me if you can't you know relate to it yourself. It's a simple song. It's about heartbreak and you know just simple life. It's that's all it really is. It's a good song. I like it. Yeah, man, definitely. I come up here in the town You know I, I, I loved you so much But you are nowhere to be found I said the stars in the sky are shining But it's a dark day for me For you have left me for another how unhappy I shall be Tell you. Oh cruel love You are a stranger I feel the pain You give to thee I am But a wanderer Oh waiting To be set free I'll sit my bed is cold and lonely Though the hot fire Why it is lit But it can Not keep me warm All I want Is your loving arms
come up here in the town You know I, I loved you so much But you are nowhere to be found Oh cruel love, you are a stranger I felt the pain you give to thee I am oh, but a wanderer waiting to be set free Oh, my bed is cold and lonely Though the hearth by white is lit But it can not keep me warm I'm just a boy on a miserable farm I said it can not keep me warm I'm just a boy And again, there's uh, check out the video we shot here today. So yep. that'll be up on the Facebook, YouTube. Uh, get involved uh, socially all over with uh, Walter and uh, Blue please. Lotus Recordings. Please. Yep, please. Uh, again, everything's at bluelotusrecordings.com. Yep. You can head over there. And, if, uh, if you've got a, a bar owner that you like, it's a good man or woman. doesn't make any difference. Sex don't make no difference. People are people now. Indeed. And if they like to book us, please tell them, hey, you know, I know these couple of fellas that sure like to play some good music for you. As we like to get this music as far as we can stretch it, definitely into your ears. We would love to play for you. If you know a bar or a club or even a restaurant owner that would like to book us, please give Paul Niehaus a call at the Blue Lotus record label because I should play for you, want to play for you, and I desire to play for you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to do this, and uh, always uh, a lot of fun hanging out here at Blue Lotus. Uh, so... Thank you so much, uh, yeah, Shane. I really appreciate you guys doing this, and uh, let's do it again soon. Love to. Thank you very much. Thank you. All Thank right. You. Thanks, guys. Bye, everyone. Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Well, yeah, that was it.